Guys, if you check your calendar, it is February 27th on a Tuesday afternoon. Ladies and gentlemen, if you do not count February, because this is the last two, this is the last Tuesday of February. It's the last, you know, Tuesday, February, however you want to call it, of the month. All right. Next week will be March. The first Tuesday of March will be next Tuesday. You don't count March. You're five months out. You're five months out from the 2024 college football season. I'm excited and I'm ready to rock and roll during the off season and count down the days of when we get to see the 2024 season kick off because I am ready to rock and roll. But with that being said, welcome to Pigskin Frenzy on this wonderful Tuesday afternoon. Thank you for joining us. I'm Joel Norris. And whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, listening on Podbean, listening on Apple, a big thank you for taking some time out of your Tuesday and just sit back watch and listen to some college football coverage presented by me now if you're watching on youtube subscribe to the channel like each episode leave comments down below spotify popping and apple all you have to do is just share around with others and follow on there as well instagram facebook and x we're on there as well. Just type in Pigskin Frenzy, follow, like the pages there. You will get episode updates. You will get news and highlights on X of college football and NFL football, as well as all things of the day for Pigskin Frenzy. Also, trivia questions on Instagram stories. Go and answer today's college football trivia question on Instagram. Guys, Pigskin Frenzy, episode 101, ready to rock and roll. Uh, hope everyone had a great weekend. And not only that, I had a Pretty fantastic weekend. We celebrated 100 episodes of Pigskin Frenzy this past Thursday. It was amazing. Uh, again, thank you for the support and thank you for everything, you know, happening with Pigskin Frenzy and staying tuned and keep plugging in to Pigskin Frenzy. So another big thing that is happening with Pigskin Frenzy is our website, launching launching our website. On that website is our home and about me page, about me and about you know my background in podcasting and in sports media. Uh, there's a uh, affiliations and partnership page, which I will you know announce and promote that on my podcast coming soon. Uh, just trying to work out on the details still, but coming soon we will announce that here uh, within the next few episodes, hopefully. So you know affiliations and partnerships. We'll have more on that eventually. And then store, a store page where we will have Pigskin Frenzy merchandise coming soon. Right now, if you go on there, it'll say store coming soon. Haven't worked where we're still working on the details on that as well. But we will have everything out eventually. So where you can get Pigskin Frenzy merch. It's all, it's all on there, www.pigskinfrenzy.weebly.com. Go on there, leave comments and leave messages down below and talk to me because I will answer. Uh, I'll answer everything and I'll, I can answer everything on, on, you know, all the platforms and everything on, you know, the podcast. So let's get down to it. Last week's podcast episode was Pigskin Frenzy's top 50 games of the 2023 college football season. We discussed it. We did 50 through 41. I said that we're going to do a continuation of it. I said we're going to keep going, and we're going to keep going. This week is 40 through 31 of the top 50 games of the 2023 college football season, Frenzies edition. So 40 through 31, and we're about to start here in a little bit. Uh, just to, if you want if you, if you, if you want to recap, if you, if you want to just recap everything, um, 
and and just talk about uh, who we had uh, last week. Uh, what you could do instead of me you could just explaining it, you can go on Facebook, go on X, and see the posts I put on there because I put that, uh, and I will keep doing that on when uh, every Wednesday uh, until we get through with our list. Uh, the I put fifty through forty one of our list of top you know top fifty games of the twenty twenty three season on Facebook and on X. So if you want to go look at it and look at my list, go in there on Wednesdays and look at it. If in case you just missed it, but if you're joining us, listen in and keep on plugging into Pigskin Frenzy on all platforms. So let's kick it off with number forty. And uh, interesting enough, uh, you're gonna think uh, a little biased much. Listen, a lot of this list this week of forty through thirty one features. Some SEC competition and some SEC games, but a lot of the best games came from the SEC this season, especially 40 through 31. Uh, uh, and I'm not going to say every list is to the SEC. Every 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 ranking is not in the SEC right here, but a lot of it is, and we're going to talk about it right now. So number 40, Tennessee at Florida, and you're going to think, what? Tennessee at Florida? That I mean, that game, that, did you watch the game? I did watch the game. The game was hyped. It was a, a very good build. Uh, Florida, uh, came off of a huge loss to Utah and was wondering how are they going to get back in it. Uh, they went to Utah. They went to Salt Lake. They lost that game in Salt Lake, and they were wondering how are we, you know, going to get back here. How are you know what, what's going to happen with their offense? They just got Graham Burtz and uh, Ricky Pearsall was there. They had a lot of guys, and you know, the, Kirk Herbstreit and Chris Fowler were calling the game. They were saying they have a lot of work to do before getting back here. Uh, Tennessee was riding a high wave of momentum, a high wave of momentum. They were 1-1 one and one entering the season. It was week three of the season. Uh, Tennessee was 2-0. and oh entering, you know, week three. And it was going it was a Gainesville game. Joe Milton was lighting it up until he wasn't <laughs> in this game. And a lot of people were saying Florida's got to change a lot heading into this Tennessee game. They got to they got to show us who they really could be. Florida did not have the best season and they ended up not making a bowl game. They ended up going five and seven. But in those competitions, in those games, Florida was very competitive in every game that they played in. Florida showed fight in every game they played in. Just going to have to admit that. So uh, in this game, it was a shocker. 29-16, Florida defeated Tennessee. And when you looked at the game, the overall, starting off, Florida was all over Tennessee. Florida, Tennessee could not, could not get a hold of Florida. Uh, for the majority of the past 16 years, Florida's had Tennessee's number. Every now and then, Tennessee will pull off a win, uh, just like in Joshua Dobbs in 2015, uh, Hendon Hooker in 2022. This in 2023 was no different. Florida ended up, you know, you know, beating Tennessee. And and on the field, playing-wise, it was rough. It was pretty bad. Uh, Florida, if you want to look at the quarter-by-quarter, quarter, Tennessee scored seven points, but Florida scored six. In the second quarter, huge jump. Florida scored 20 unanswered in the second quarter. Going into halftime, Tennessee scored a field goal. Florida didn't score anything. And then Tennessee scored six in the fourth. Florida scored three. But the final score at the end of the game was 29-16. Florida defeated Tennessee. And the whole game, was a was a, was 
Florida was uh, running the ball on them really well. Montreal Johnson, Trevor Etienne, uh, who was now Trevor Etienne, now uh, at Georgia as their new running back, Trevor Etienne was. He, they were all over Florida. They were all over Tennessee. The Vols could not handle their rushing attack, and that rushing attack is what got them. It's what got them in this game. If you want to look at the team stats uh, when it came to rushing, uh, 183 yards on the ground rushing, uh, and it just they couldn't stop them. They couldn't stop them on the ground, and that, and that was a very pivotal part of this football game. Tennessee was outmatched physically. Uh, on both sides of the ball and could not do much. Joe Milton didn't play to the best of his abilities. He didn't play like everyone. He he didn't play like he did the first two weeks, not against Virginia and, you know, not in in week two. So it, it was quite different from what we saw from Joe Milton. And Joe Milton uh, and how he played was tremendous. How he played in the, in the Orange Bowl was tremendous. And he certainly didn't play like that when he went, when they went to Gainesville. That was his first away game was a starter for Tennessee. Didn't play like that at all against Florida. And Florida dominated the football game. And you're going to think, why would you put that at 40 then if they dominated the game? Well, because of the build. The build of this game, was, it was hyped. It was a hyper, it was a hype game going into this one because they were, we were trying to figure out, okay, is Tennessee going to go 3-0 and and go back-to-back on Florida for the first time in years? Or is Florida going to show us who they really are at home after a tough loss and try to bounce back from against a Utah, a tough Utah team? So, and it was a tough Utah team that was beat up as well. So uh, final score of that game was 29-16. Florida defeated Tennessee. They're number 40 on my list because of the build, because of the hype around it, and because of Florida putting on a performance that was uh, just kind of physically you know, daunting to Tennessee, right? They, they kind of just physically just beat them. So uh, final score of that game was 40 uh, that was was 29-16. That game was number 40 on Pigskin Frenzy's top 50 games of 2023 list of the college football season. Let's move on to number 39. And 39 is pretty interesting. And you're going to think, that was a blowout too. Are you serious? But hear me out and let me give you my thoughts on this. Number 39, Texas A&M in Miami. Texas A&M went to Miami week two, September 9th of 2023, the year. Uh, it wasn't the year of our Lord 2023. It was the year of our Lord 2023. Now the year of our Lord's 2024. Anyway, uh, Miami, uh, in, in Miami, in Florida, Miami defeated Texas A&M 48-33. The game itself was back and forth in the first half, and then the second half, it kind of just went sideways, and A&M didn't know what they were doing. They couldn't figure out an answer for Miami. Miami, with Tyler Van Dyke on offense, was electrifying, uh, and their defense was stifling, uh, you know, Connor Wingman and uh, Texas, A&M, Texas A&M's offense. So, uh, final score of that game was 48-33, and A&M lost the second game of the year. Uh, when you look at the game itself, uh, it was built. It was a very hype game. Last year, Miami went to college the, the, or the year prior to this past season, Miami went to College Station. A&M defeated Miami by about two scores, I think, if I, if I remember correctly. It was a close game at first, and then A&M ran away with it. What was so interesting about this game for Miami is they ran away with it this time. They're one and one. Luck, unfortunately, in college football, we don't get enough. We don't get tiebreaker games. We don't get trilogy games in the season. And uh, and I think that's a good. It could be a good rule. That's what we could add. If a uh, you know, 
like if it's if it's a home and home series for both uh, you know out of conference teams and they play each other, I think if one wins one, another wins one, and then the next season they should play the, their trilogy game on a neutral site. That's a good idea. Le- uh, message me in the comments or comment down below if you think that's a good idea. I think that's a pretty pretty full, uh, pretty cool idea. Uh, I mean, you know, say A and M wins in College Station, Miami wins in Miami, and then a neutral site game to decide the overall series winner between the three years. Uh, you know, comes to a head in a neutral site. I think that'd be a good idea. I don't know. I thought that was fun, but uh, a fun idea that I came up with in my head. Anyway, Miami played really, really good football. They ran the ball well. They played really, really good defense. Connor Wingman didn't know what to do. He made some mistakes. Uh, A couple of turnovers sealed the game for Miami, and the Canes got them. A big win for Mario Cristobal uh, heading in and forwarding that season uh, for A&M and for Jimbo Fisher at the time. Uh, What they didn't know was this was – starting the end of Jimbo Fisher's tenure at Texas A&M. So uh, why is it at 39? Because of the, 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 the moments going into the game. Because of our, because of how it was, it was built. Uh, we caught, co- we covered this game actually. I think it was, it was, it was quite, I would say quite, you know, memorizing, memorizing because of, you know, the build of both teams. Uh, it was two teams that were, you know, obviously going to be ranked in the top 25. And they were both 1-0 going into this this contest. And you look at them and it's like, okay, this is not last year. Miami could finally find a way to compete with them. And Miami found a way to compete with them and then some. A&M didn't have an answer from Miami. And Miami said, we're not going to lose A&M again this year. So uh, I think the build of it at first, and it was a back and forth game with the, in the in the first half, is what's going to put them on my list for me. Uh, I know the score and the result at the end of the, of the end of the game and the second half, you know, part of the portion of the game didn't really show it. But Miami and A and M was a good game of the first half, and the build behind it was pretty solid. So that's why I put this game at number thirty nine. So number thirty nine, Texas A and M at Miami, with Miami defeating Texas A and M forty eight. 33. That is number 39 of our top games of the season here at Pigskin Frenzy. Let's go with number 38. 38 is another SEC one, uh, an all-SEC an all one. Uh, Arkansas and Alabama. And you're going to think, okay, uh, we could probably get behind that. And you, you probably have no choice but to get behind it on that one. This, is a, this was a top 50 game, in my opinion. Uh, Alabama was dominating Arkansas throughout the first half, uh, which was crazy because Alabama's memo throughout the, the whole season was second-half comebacks. Uh, but in the first half, Alabama was all over Arkansas. Arkansas in the second half was the one that came back. Arkansas in the second half is the one that made it a game again. And it was like, what, 21 nothing. 20, uh, or it was like 21 uh, or 17 nothing at the half or whatever. And then all of a sudden, they come back and it's 17 14. Uh, Bama scores 24, Arkansas scores 21, and it's 24 21. And it's a back and forth game of the same until the very end, until the fourth quarter. We see 24 21, uh, and Arkansas has the ball. And you're like, oh man, is Alabama about to get upset? Alabama, a few weeks back, lost to Texas. Okay, they already have one loss. This could be their season right here. Uh, before we head into Tennessee, before we head into the LSU game, this could be their season. They, I mean, it's been tough for them so far throughout the season, battling adversity through a young team after the South Florida game, the Texas game. And, you know, this could be a, a, a daunting loss for Alabama. 
especially because they Arkansas hasn't beaten Alabama, you know, in about 17, 18 years. So it's, it's quite, quite daunting for, you know, Arkansas. So uh, final score of that game was Alabama defeated Arkansas 24-21. Alabama won that game close. Arkansas, you know, you know, messed up late and they, uh, Bama got the turnover on downs late and Alabama needed and Alabama won the game, but it was a fight until the end. Arkansas played a really close game. And I think that's what may put this on my list at 38 because of how back and forth the game was in the second half. Um, and how good of a game it was and how much of an underrated game it was in the first half. It, it was like Bama was going to run away with it, and then you just don't count out the Razorbacks, right? Uh, and that's why you love college football so much. It's why you love the game so much. It's why, you know, you enjoy, you know, just seeing stuff like this happen. You think it's over, but then you change the channel because it is over. Then you see on the, the ticker, wait. It's 17-14 or it's 21-21 20, 20, tie ball game late in the game and Arkansas come back and they scored and and we missed it because we thought the game was over. Uh, just don't say it's over until it's actually over, guys. Bama defeated Arkansas 24-21 and, the final, and that was the final score. Arkansas and Alabama was number 38 on my list because of that very reason. It was a, it was a game where you looked at it and you're like, okay, we're not going to sit here and, you know, and, and, and get run over by these guys. We're going to fight in the second half. And Sam Pittman surely showed that in this. Uh, came back in the second half. They lost the game, but they came back in the second half to compete with Alabama. And that is what I liked in this game. So number 38, Arkansas at Alabama. Number 37, another Arkansas game. But this time, it was between Arkansas and Alabama's rival. LSU, Arkansas at LSU. LSU defeated Arkansas 34-31, last-second field goal, a game-winning field goal for LSU by Damian Ramos. Uh, iced the game, and, Ar- and LSU beat Arkansas uh, 30, uh, 34-31 to win the game. It was tied. Uh, it was tied 31-31 until Jaden Daniels in the offense led down, let him down the field, uh, called a timeout. Damian Ramos kicked a... Uh, Close field goal to win the game, and they defeated Arkansas in a, in a nail biter. That game was back and forth. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, from the opening, from the opening kick to the last second field goal, it was back and forth. Uh, this was a kind of thing where because the Ole Miss was the next game for LSU. This is where it was kind of showing LSU's defense in a way. It was. I mean, it already showed. It already showed within the Florida State game, but it showed even more in the Arkansas game. The corners were being, you know, obliterated by these Arkansas receivers. Um, the, the receiving core for Arkansas was just dominating the depleted secondary of LSU. And it was back and forth. Arkansas's offense, led by K.J. Jefferson, was just throwing bombs down the field, touchdown, and points being scored on both ends. But on the other side of the ball, Arkansas secondary is getting depleted because Jaden Daniels and Brian Thomas Malik neighbors were scoring point after their touchdown after touchdown after touchdown on offense. So this was an offensive game back and forth. Uh, At first, in the first half, 
It was a very physical performance by Arkansas, a very physical performance uh, because the offense for LSU was kind of out of sync just a tad bit because that D-line was holding them a little bit and was roughing them up a little bit. But that defense couldn't stop Arkansas, and Arkansas took up a 10-0 lead against LSU uh, in the, at least in the second quarter. Then LSU finally started to make its rounds, come back. Arkansas put up 17-7. Uh, you know, 17-10 happened, halftime happened, and then 17-7 happened when Brian Thomas made that unbelievable catch to start the third quarter and score for a touchdown. It was a back-and-forth game overall. And what I liked about it was how how everybody was just trading bar or trading, you know, bombs down the field because the secondary for both teams were just depleted. And I thought it was a very fun offensive game for both teams. And we haven't really seen that in the golden boot. But LSU beat Arkansas once again, 34-31 at home, and uh, got the boot. And that, that's why this game was number 37, because of how close the game was until the very end. And uh, the offensive showcase that we saw in that game, I thought it was a very, very entertaining game because of what we saw. So, uh and here we go, by the way. Here we go on this. So, uh, 37, Arkansas at LS- LSU. And by here we go on this, I mean, let's move on. 36, number 36, Georgia Tech at Miami. You're going to think you're really putting this game there. I am. And you know why I'm putting this game there. Because of the theatrics of the game. That is why it is a top game in my book. I wouldn't put it a top game in my book if it wasn't for the ending of the game. If you don't recall the ending of the game, let me tell you about the ending of the game in my notes. Let me pull up the notes here of the game. Um, and it was it was wild. It was a wild game. So... Miami was winning the game <laughs> 20 to 16. Uh, or, 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 well, sorry. I'm sorry. 20 to 17. They were winning the game 2017. Miami had the ball and it was back and forth throughout the game. Miami was going to win the game. Mario Cristobal called a game, a game. It was a game decision instead of kneeing it with four in the final 40 seconds, 40 seconds in the game, 40 seconds in the game. They said, knee it. No, they didn't say need. They said run the ball. They were like, Coach, are you sure? We should need this. It's 40 seconds of the game. The game's in the bag. 40 seconds on the clock. You look at it. We're winning. Run the ball. They ran the ball. What happened? Fumble. A fumble happened. Georgia Tech recovers. Quickly calls a timeout. And then the next play, Georgia Tech scores a touchdown. Miami leaves a receiver wide open. Georgia Tech scores a touchdown. Game-winning touchdown. And Georgia Tech defeats the Hurricanes 23-20 in Miami. And you're looking at it like, you got to be kidding me. You have to be kidding me. I watched that game, and I saw the ending of that. I was like, are you serious? 23-20? And you should have you ran the ball with 40 seconds left? Really? You should have just needed it. But it didn't happen, and that is why this game's at number 36 because of how close the game was back and forth. Miami and Georgia Tech were playing each other hard in this game. Uh, Back and forth, very competitive ball game, physical on both sides of the ball for both teams. Uh, The running game was good for both teams, but the ending was so wild and the ending was so crazy 
that I had to put it at 36. I had to put it in one of my top 50 games because of the ending. You do not need, you do not run the ball with 40 seconds left. You need it. You need it when Georgia Tech was about to, you know, call their timeouts even more. You still need it. You get rid of the ball. You run the clock out. And Georgia Tech gets the ball with a fumble. They, they Miami fumbles it when they run. It's called karma in football, ladies and gentlemen. It is called karma. And karma happened and bit Miami right in the butt. It bit him right in the butt. And you look at it and you're thinking, dude, really? Like, what happened? I'll tell you what happened. I'll tell you what happened, and I just said it. Karma bit him in the butt. Miami should have needed it, and they didn't. Bad decision-making on uh, head coach's part, on Chris Ball's part, and by, bad decision-making uh, just in general for the Hurricanes. It was 23-20. to 20. Georgia Tech defeated Miami in a shocking ending. I haven't seen an ending like that in a while, and I think that is why I – that was the main reason why I put this game at 36 because – of how wild and how crazy the ending was on this game. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable ending here. Uh, 36, uh, number 36, Georgia Tech at Miami with Georgia Tech defeating Miami 23-20 after a shocking ending. Again, go back and watch it on YouTube if you, if you haven't seen what I'm talking about. It's one of those decisions that is unbelievable. And I'm pretty sure we're going to have some wild endings coming up in 2024 and beyond. It's not the first shocking ending I've seen, but it's one of the it's one of those decisions makings that you look at and you're like, what are we doing? What are we doing here? It's one of those decision makings that you look at and you're like, man, we could be doing a lot better right now <laughs> in decision making. So again, 24, uh, 23, 20, Georgia Tech defeated. Miami. That is number 36 on the frenzy list. 35, Louisville at Georgia Tech, or Louisville versus Georgia Tech in Atlanta in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Not in Bobby Dodd Stadium, but in Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. So, of course, pro home crowd for uh, Georgia Tech on on, uh, opening weekend, Friday opening weekend, and it was a back-and-forth game. In fact, I think what we need to do what we need to do is take a look at the quarter by quarter on the notes of this ball game because uh, Georgia Tech was winning the ball game, was winning. Uh, final score of that game ended up being Louisville 39, Georgia Tech 34. And that is college football, ladies and gentlemen. That is college football. Uh, when you're winning and you think, okay, we got a comfortable lead, we're good, right? We're good. And guess what happens? You're not good. <laughs> you get too comfortable. You get too complacent sometimes in college football. True story. Happens. Happens all, Happens every time. Happens all the time in football. Guess what? Uh, this is one of those games. Uh, let's go by quarter by quarter. Uh, Louisville in the first quarter. Six. Georgia Tech, nothing. They scored. Um, Georgia Tech scores, uh, outscores Louisville. Uh, 28. Uh, they got 28 points in the second quarter. Uh Louisville got seven. So in, in the second quarter, it was 28 to seven. They outscored them there. Uh, and then Louisville came back uh, in the third quarter with 10 points. Georgia Tech had nothing. And in the fourth quarter, Louisville put up 16 more points with Georgia Tech putting up six. And then the game ended 39 34. That second quarter is the, is the quarter that you need to put your foot on the gas on. And Georgia Tech blew it. So we can't really talk about Miami blowing it, which Miami's loss was way worse because it was a lot closer. And this game was close too. 
But when you look at it, Georgia Tech also blew a lead, too. They blew a huge game, a huge opening win. This could be an opening win against a debuting Jeff Brom and back at his alma mater at Louisville. Louisville ended up going to the ACC championship game that season, by the way, because Louisville was no joke. Jahar Jordan, Jack Plummer, those guys were no joke. Jamari Thrash, a lot of those guys, those, that, that, was a very, that was a very talented Louisville football team this year. So it wasn't, it wasn't surprising watching, you know, you know, Louisville beat, you know, Louisville winning this game. It was surprising that Georgia Tech blew a lead, right? It wasn't surprising that Louisville was going to come out as the victors because everyone thought Louisville was going to win this ball game to begin with, but Georgia Tech had a comfortable lead for a for a, a while and then it ended up, you know, getting it just handing it back to Louisville and Louisville blowing it. Uh very interesting game. Louisville won 39-34. Um I thought the I thought it was an underrated contest uh, in the, in the opening weekend. I put it at thirty five because of you know the second half comeback by Louisville and those games are the ones that you live for, right? So thirty nine thirty four Louisville defeated Georgia Tech in by in Atlanta in Mercedes Benz Stadium in Atlanta Georgia. That was number thirty five on my list because of the comeback from behind victory by the Louisville Cardinals, the ACC runner-ups behind ACC champion Florida State. So uh, number 34 is Ole Miss and Mississippi State, the Egg Bowl. And I was at that game. I was at that game in Thanksgiving. I said I was I said I was going to be at that game, and I posted it. I posted about it. I was at that game. Uh, Last-minute trip to Starkville uh, on Thanksgiving, and uh, we, the Egg Bowl was rocking. It was Everything as advertised in Davis Wade Stadium. That stadium is one of the most dynamic stadiums in college football. I encourage everybody to try to go to an SEC stadium because there is one. It's one of the. It's not really nothing like it in college football. Those cowbells were loud. They were rocking. Uh, the the entrance by. Uh, I mean, the entrances by both State and Ole Miss riding the full wheeler was interim. Uh, was interim head coach Greg Knox and. Uh, it was Will uh, Will Rogers' last game as a, as a Bulldog, and it was senior night, fireworks, everything was going. Very chilly game. And it was a back-and-forth game uh, on ESPN on you know for both teams. Back-and-forth, very physical football game. Uh, a lot of calls were being missed. Um, uh, State ended up scoring late, making it, uh, you know, making it seven, uh, you know, 7-3, Ole Miss ended up coming back and finishing the game 17-7. Final score of that game was Ole Miss defeating Mississippi State 17-7. And then Ole Miss went on to the Peach Bowl to play Penn State, and they won the Peach Bowl and had an 11-win season for the first time in school history. That game was back and forth. I thought the atmosphere of it was great. They truly is this is a truly a rivalry game. These two teams are not fans of each other, as you can tell. A lot of team, a lot. I saw a lot of you know commotion in the crowd between Ole Miss fans and between State fans, and it was just it was rocking. It was an atmosphere uh, full of adrenaline, full of hype between both you know both you know fans of the two schools, and it, it was just nothing like it. Uh, I think the atmosphere was good. Uh, I think that. Uh, the game itself was good. I thought Ole Miss presented a very good physical challenge to State. I think, and vice versa, I think State presented a good physical challenge to 
Ole Miss. I think Mississippi State did not capitalize on a lot of their drives, although they had a lot of good drives in that game, but Mississippi State just failed to capitalize in this Egg Bowl. Ole Miss capitalized a little bit more than State did, and I think that's what got them the win here in the Egg Bowl. So, uh, it's 34 because of the hype around the game, because of the build around it, and because of the game itself. The game was very underrated in Rivalry Weekend. I watched it, thought it was fun. I thought the game, and I'm not a fan of either teams. I'm just a spectator here. But I thought the game was fun. I thought it was a and a very it was it was the atmosphere was great in Starkville. Uh, it was cold. Yes, the atmosphere was fun though. I mean, there's really I mean there's nothing really else to say that the game was just physical on both ends. Uh, and Ole Miss really just capitalized on more drives than State did. State failed to capitalize on a lot of drives that were handed to them by Ole Miss, and they just didn't do it. They couldn't capitalize. So final score of that game was 17-7. Ole Miss defeated Mississippi State. Ole Miss at Mississippi State, the Egg Bowl for this year, was 34 of the top or frenzies top 50 games of the 2023 season. We're moving along with this list here, guys. We are moving along with this list. We're about to be out of time here uh, within you know 31 minutes here of the episode, but uh, there are 33, and you're going to think, okay, this is an interesting one. This is I could see this maybe. 33. Missouri at Georgia. Georgia defeated Missouri 30 to 21. Let me explain why this game is on this list. Because going into that game, Georgia was being told they were not battle tested enough. But then they turned around and beat Kentucky 63-7. They're not battle tested enough. They ended up beating Florida, you know, uh badly. They're not battle tested enough. And, you know, they go in to play Missouri. And not only did Missouri give them a fight, because Missouri played them tough. Missouri did a wonderful job against Georgia. They did all they gave them all they could handle. Georgia outclassed Missouri. That's about it. That's just how you put it. Georgia outmatched physically and outclassed Missouri 30 to 21. Georgia was tested and Georgia beat the odds. Just like everybody, you know, just like everybody can just talk about how Georgia was. And I was one of them at first, but Georgia shut me up. Like that after the Kentucky game, they shut me up quick. So I didn't doubt Georgia was going to win this game. I would, there was no doubt in my mind that I didn't think Georgia was going to beat Missouri. But Missouri was my shocker. Missouri was my shocker because they put up a fight against Georgia. They played Georgia close. They they had a lot of good drives where they caught Georgia reeling a little bit. Uh, and then Georgia ended up coming back and remembering, okay, we're Georgia. We're going to beat these guys. We are more dominant than they are physically. And Overall, we got the better football team, and Georgia proved that on defense by turning the ball over on you know at the expense of quarterback Brady Cook, who, by the way, that's a team that we can talk about going into our spring outlook coming up in a few weeks. And Missouri is a team where Brady Cook's coming back, Luther Burden's coming back, a lot of their guys are coming back on the offense besides Cody Schrader, and that's about it. Missouri's got a it's looking pretty good for them, right? So we'll have to see what Missouri's got, you know, coming up. So in the spring, that's a good little, you know, look over there. Uh, but Georgia, man, Georgia just outmatched and outclassed Missouri in this contest. And that is why Georgia uh, is Georgia. And that's why Georgia is the way that they are. Game was back and forth, close. In the first quarter, the second quarter, you name it. It was back and forth. And it was just close. That is what, to me, 
uh, made the game fun and why I put the game at 33. It was a very underrated game. Uh, it was a double header. You know, the next game coming after that was LSU at LSU at Alabama. Uh, it was a very close and dynamic game uh, for Georgia. Georgia ended up clinching the East. Um, uh, Alabama ended up winning the West, and this is what led the, these guys' path down to Atlanta, going into you know Tuscaloosa, uh, not going to Tuscaloosa, going to Atlanta for the SEC championship game. So, to just sum it up, uh, Missouri played a heck of a game, played them really close all the way into the end, but Georgia ended up out physicaling them and outmatching them and outclassing them. Because Georgia was the better football team, and and that's just how it was. Missouri at Georgia, number thirty three on this on this list, and Georgia defeated Missouri thirty to twenty one. What a game! What a very good game uh, overall by both teams. Number thirty two and then number thirty one. Two more before we conclude today's episode of Pigskin Frenzy. Number thirty two, Texas A and M at Tennessee is thirty two, with Tennessee defeating Texas A and M twenty to thirteen under Jimbo Fisher. A&M has been 0-9 on the road. 0-9 on the road. Uh, in, in away games under Jimbo Fisher, uh, they had not won a game on the road against Jimbo Fisher. I think, or I think it was the record of top 25 opponents. Top 25 opponents on the road, 0-8. Or 0-8 getting into that game. I get 0-9. Tennessee and A&M, man. What a game. Tennessee defeated A&M 20-13. Thir- it was a back-and-forth game to begin with. A&M was giving them some fits. Uh, Tennessee started running the ball a little bit better in the second half, and I think that's what kind of turned it up a notch for the Volunteers in this ball game. Uh, and A&M on defense didn't have an answer for that rushing attack, and Tennessee ended up scoring, and Tennessee ended up winning that one, uh, winning it on the battle on the ground. A&M late was going to try to, you know, pull off a miracle uh, with Max Johnson trying to pull off a miracle. Uh, A&M ended up, you know, the defense ended up holding up for Tennessee and Tennessee ended up defeating A&M in a close one, 20 to 13. Josh Heupel is an amazing coach. He game planned well for Texas A&M. A lot of people thought A&M was going to beat Tennessee. Um, I had Tennessee winning that game to begin with. But as we cover that game, I think I think if I remember, I picked Texas, I picked Tennessee to beat Texas A and M that game, um, and and Tennessee did. I thought it, Tennessee, I thought the, the history between Jimbo Fisher and going on the road in this game, and the combination of what Tennessee was doing on the ground was just to me just too much to not pick you know, against Tennessee, right? I, I feel like I had to pick Tennessee because of how they were doing on the running game and the history behind, you know, top 25 opponents on the road for Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M since Fisher was there. So uh, the build around that game was pretty strong between both teams. It was an interesting game. A&M going to Tennessee was a very interesting game. Um surrounded by a sea of orange and, and checkerboard, you know, and, and, and A&M and Tennessee is not a game that you see often. So the hype around it was pretty good. Uh, very close game, uh, back and forth until the very end. Tennessee ended up getting a, a late score uh, on the ground to ice the game, make it 20-13, to 13, and their defense just held up at the end of the game with Max Johnson uh, turning the ball over on downs, and that was the game for Tennessee. So 20-13, to 13, Tennessee defeated Texas A&M. And number 32, Texas A&M at Tennessee, uh, and the hype around it was amazing. I covered it. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that game, and I thoroughly enjoyed, uh, you know, 
the mixture of physicality from both sides in uh, in that game. So A&M at Tennessee was number 32 on my list of top 50 games in the 2023 college football season. Last but not least, 31 before we conclude today's episode of Pigskin Frenzy. And next week, we will have 30 through 21 of the top twenty of the, of the top 50 games of the 2023 season for Pigskin Frenzy. Number 31, before we conclude today's episode, is Stanford at Colorado. Stanford at Colorado. And let me tell you why I think that this game is number 31 because of what happened. And let's go by the the quarter by quarter, shall we? On my notes. Quarter by quarter of Stanford at Colorado. Uh game ended in double overtime. Uh Stanford was all or Colorado was all over Stanford. All over Stanford in the game. Um, in the first half, it was uh, Stanford didn't score any points in the first half. Zero in both quarters. Uh, Fourteen to nothing, uh, and fifteen to, and fifteen to nothing in the second quarter. So, if you put two in, if you put two in together, it was twenty nine to nothing in halftime. Twenty nine nothing in halftime. They outscored them twenty nine to nothing in the first half. No unanswered. 29 unanswered against Stanford in the first half. Then you go in the second half, and you were like, oh, oh man, third quarter. Stanford has a new life. Colorado didn't score anything in the third quarter. Stanford scored 19 points. It was 29-19 in the third quarter. And then Colorado scored a touchdown. And then Stanford scored 17 points, 17 to 7. Stanford outscores Colorado, goes into overtime. Uh, both teams score in overtime, 7 to 7. Colorado gets the ball back in double overtime. They miss, and then they, they miss their opportunity at scoring as Stanford's defense holds them. Stanford goes down, kicks a field goal, and wins the game. 46 43. Stanford defeats Colorado 46 43. And that is what starts the down, downward spiral for uh, Coach Prime and the Colorado Buffaloes in the season. They're four and two. Colorado was four and two after this game. And then, then they really hadn't won a game since. They hadn't won a game since then. It was since, uh, since their last win. Ever since that game, they kept losing and they lost the remainder of their schedule. They went four and eight after that game. They're overall, they finished their record four and eight. That loss catapulted a downward spiral for the Buffaloes. 46 to 43, Stanford defeats Colorado. And the it was a back and forth contest. I mean, Sadura Sanders, Sadura Sanders had 400 yards and five touchdowns in that game. And uh, I mean, honestly, uh, Ashton Daniels, Stanford's quarterback, 30, 396 yards and four touchdowns. Unbelievable on both quarterbacks' parts and both teams' parts. Uh, Colorado was dominating in the first half. This was a classic case of they had us in the first half, not going to lie. And it was. Stanford did not, they didn't want to hear anything. They wanted to go out there and play football and play like they had nothing to lose. And they played like they had nothing to lose, and they ended up winning. Colorado lost it. They imploded 46-43, and Stanford beats Colorado. It was a Friday night game. In the Pac-12, it was an interesting game, electrifying. Uh, I watched it and I was like, "Are you serious right now? Are you are you serious that Colorado had this game won and they ended up in, in Stanford? The Cardinals ended up the Cardinal ended up coming back and beating the Buffaloes in Boulder, in Boulder, 
in double overtime. You can't make that stuff up in college football, ladies and gentlemen. You really can't. And I think that I mean that's the main reason why this game was number thirty-one on my list. It was back. It was uh, domination at half. Ended up being Stanford's game in the second half. Back and forth in double overtime with Stanford going out. You know, we're going, you know, if we lose, we're, we're going out, we're going out on our shield, right? And they did not go out losers. They ended up winning the game, upsetting Colorado, and Colorado, when Colorado started their downhill spiral for the season. Stanford at Colorado, number 31 on Pigskin Frenzy's top 50 of the games of the 2023 season. They defeated the Buffaloes 46-41 to in double overtime. Number 31, Stanford at Colorado. So that was 40 through 31 of the of the list, and we are out of time. So a big thank you for taking some time out of your Tuesday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some college football coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like each episode, leave comments down below. Spotify, Podbean, and Apple, all you have to do is just share around with others and follow on there as well. X, Instagram, and Facebook, all you have to do is type in Payskin Frenzy, follow, like the pages on there. You will get episode updates. You will get news and highlights from across college football and NFL football on X. You will get trivia questions on Instagram stories. Go and answer today's college football question as well as all things of today for Pigskin Frenzy. Also, check out the new website, www.pigskinfrenzy.weebly.com. Guys, again, a big thank you for taking some time out of your Tuesday. So, again, we will be back Thursday for an NFL edition of Pigskin Frenzy NFL Day. We are going to be talking about some of the results from the Combine. Uh, some free agency news. We're going to dive even some free agency news. Some Combine results. You're not going to want to miss it. It is a leap year edition of Pigskin Frenzy. A special leap year Pigskin Frenzy, and we're going to dive deep into free agency news. Going around, going around, uh, Mainly talking about the running back of our league and who's getting franchise tagged, who's not, as well as some combine results as we kick off our NFL draft coverage starting Thursday. So, guys, next Tuesday, we'll be back with College Football Edition of Pigskin Frenzy uh, with 30 through 21 of the top 50 Pigskin Frenzy games of the 2023 season for college football. So, 30 through 21 next Tuesday, this coming up Thursday, kicking off NFL draft coverage with the NFL combine as well as free agency news in the NFL. You're not going to want to miss it. The new league year starts in a couple of weeks. Guys, have a great rest of your day. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. And, you know, coming up on Thursday, stay tuned for that. I'm Joel Norris signing off. See you Thursday for another edition of Pigskin Frenzy. For everybody out there, please and always stay the course.